Hello, everybody, and welcome to Monday, Podcast Monday. (laughs) Normally, I'm saying good Monday morning to you guys, but yes, welcome to Podcast Monday with Gravitational Performance, and um, yes, I hope wherever you're at, you guys are having a great Monday. It is definitely over here on the East Coast, cold, once again, cold. We like to say that word a lot, cold. It's cold. It's freezing cold. Um... It literally is almost freezing cold. Well, it's 45 degrees now. Um, it's slowly uh, dropping there. I know there's a big storm blowing through, so we keep getting weather alerts like we're going to blow off the map. But um, I know there's a big snowstorm through the, the mountains over here in North Carolina and South Carolina and all the way up to D.C. and North New York. But anyways... Yes, so if you're on the West Coast, I hope you're enjoying your beautiful 70-ish maybe weather. I'm assuming that's what it is right now, almost springtime. So I know some of you guys are posting on social media beautiful flowers and tulips and all sorts of stuff that is just beautifully blooming. Meanwhile, gray skies over here. I'll be the weather, uh, the weather man, the weather woman. For you, yes. Today we have uh, gray skies and a bit of uh, rain, rain showers, if you will, occasionally popping up, um, gust of random winds, and uh, yeah, today is a coffee day. So if you like to drink coffee, you should probably get some coffee. Um, you can have a brunette. Hey, brunettes are good. Or you can make it a blonde. Today I made it a blonde. I made it a very, very, like platinum blonde. We've discussed coffee in our past, yes. <laughs> and today it's a platinum blonde because I needed the sugar. So my little one decided to grab my coffee because mom can't figure it out that the littlest one, my baby, is um, on the go. Not fully walking on his own yet, but pretty close, pretty close. And he can crawl. I mean, he, he's an athlete, so he is part of our team, our sports team now that we have um, built. Yeah, so my oldest one, he's pretty good, but the baby's coming up very fast. The baby can crawl quicker than the other one can run. So yeah, I grabbed that coffee, poured it out today all over. So that was my first cup that I would like to say I didn't have a first cup of coffee. So technically, this is my first cup, but really second cup. Does that make sense to you guys? Yeah, maybe I've had too much sugar. I don't know. But yes, I'm not really the coffee drinker in, in in terms of I just drink coffee. So today it's blonde. That means that's a lot of creamer and a lot of sugar. Um, but I'm definitely getting better because I am really not a coffee addict, if you will. I think I just like coffee when it's gloomy and cold outside and I crave that warmth and uh, end up drinking only a few sips of it. But I love the smell of coffee too in the house. Who doesn't? You can just put your hands down. Yes, because <laughs> we all end up loving that. Um, but yeah, anyways, so wherever you're at, <laughs> weather woman checking out, wherever you're at, I hope you're having a wonderful Monday. Again, normally I'm saying good Monday morning to you guys, but over here it is in the afternoon, um, heading towards the later afternoon. And I think that we are going to start uh, doing our podcast Mondays um, probably later in the day because mornings are just sometimes difficult to get to because there's so much going on. And I know most of you guys out there in the world work all crazy hours, but the average person is a nine to fiver. So listening to the podcast might be you know, later in your afternoon, whether you're driving home and, uh, you know, so yes, I would much rather do it in the afternoons anyways. So whatever it is, it will always be Monday until I say, oh, sorry, checking out on Mondays. Now it's going to be this day. (laughs) But anyways, welcome back for those of you that have been um, staying tuned with our podcast in the last month. We finally covered a month of podcast. I think we're a week over and uh, into our second month, which is great. We have an amazing a crowd of followers across the U.S. I am so excited to see all the people that come on or send me random messages, you know, <clears throat> asking questions in, in sport-related topics, obviously. And uh, yeah, so um, we are going to be uh, starting our podcast as well with the Apple iTunes so everybody can access it. All the SoundCloud is great. I love it. We're going to continue that. 
Um, we'll also have our podcast aired through different stations, you know, networks, so social medias, whatever you want to call it. Um, that way there, it can reach more people that are interested in sports. So welcome back to those of you that have been following and welcome to those of you that are new to this. Um, this podcast is all about sports, sports studies in general, sports science, (coughs) excuse me, um, Gravitational performance is geared around sports science. Uh, we discuss and our topics of education, sports psychology, um, mental mindset between the athletes and fitness related as well. We talk about the non-athlete being geared towards the motivational mindset, having that same, um, say having the same techniques, you know, incorporated into their, their daily routines, if you will. Um, and then, yes, uh, sports nutrition being one of the, the hot topics. Uh, coaching, we've got, uh, you know, all sorts of topics in the sports sciences, all those professions, uh, professionals that really are implemented. So in the podcast earlier, if you go back and listen, they're, they're probably about 30 to, um, you know, an hour long, 30 minutes to an hour long. Um, so, you know, you need to really set down time. Or if you're running, this is a great podcast to listen to. Educate. It's all about educating you, um, you know, directing you, uh, you know, in the sports sector in the right direction in those related topics. So yes, if you are running on a treadmill, this is a great podcast to listen to. You want some education, can't read a book. Yeah, whatever. Listen to this podcast. (laughs) Anyway, so we have some guest speakers in the weeks to come. We were going to have one here within this week or so, but she is very busy and she is a very busy woman. <laughs> she is um doing, you know, TV shows and all sorts of stuff. So we are excited to have her and I won't put any names out there just yet, but um, she is going to be in the weeks to come um, doing a podcast with us here at Gravitational Performance. So we're excited to collaborate with her. Um, she talks a lot about just the the motivation and the lifestyle of individuals and not in sport, but we can link our, um, our professions together because it's a lot of it's psychology based information. So I'm excited to do that. And then of course I have some other professionals, um, that, you know, we're going to have on in the months to come. So we are a new podcast. Um, so yes, we are uh, not your normal everyday um, podcast, you know, that is, it is structured the way, whatever, you know, however, whatever podcast it is that you're listening to. So we're kind of just out there putting information out there. Um, most of it is definitely scientific research that in, you know, in sports, in different sports that we talk about. So getting to it today, um, aside the coffee and the crazy weather, I hope you guys had a wonderful weekend as well. Yep. Weekend. Since it is Monday, now almost Tuesday, that's kind of why I like this midday thing, because now it's like, oh, we're almost into Tuesday already. Wow. But who's counting, right? <laughs> and really, Monday, Tuesday, Sunday, Saturday, Friday, whatever day it is, it's a day, and we all need to keep a good a good uh, mental mindset towards that. So whatever day it is, I hope you're making the best of it. I hope you're having a great day. Um, I've been reading Applied Sports Psychology for Personal Growth to Peak Performance, uh, seventh edition in one of my classes. And it's great. It's in sports psychology uh, for one of my programs that I'm in. And I absolutely love this book. I can't put it down because I just reflect on so much. And For me, in sports psychology, I reflect on a lot of my past. So I was an athlete starting at 11 years young, and I ran cross-country track, played basketball, and was a cheerleader from 11 years old, um, junior high, all the way through high school, all four sports, and then uh, ran cross-country two years in college. And uh, yeah, I... I absolutely love it because I am able to kind of put myself out there in the coaching, you know, sector, which I've done. Obviously, I've done coaching. I've done I've done a lot of it already. Um, But now sports psychology being my main focus in sports medicine, the rehabilitative state um, and prevention, you know, injury prevention in sports and the mental mindset behind athletes, et cetera, et cetera. I don't want to bore you guys, but yes, 
that is the area of focus. But I like I like this book because a lot of it I'm able to, you know, get into my own shoes back when I was 11 to 15 to 17 years of age competing. And obviously gear, you know, my thesis is geared uh, towards the mental mindset and motivation of an athlete. So I am going to read off uh, Motivational Climate, Athlete Motivation Implications for the Quality of Sport Engagement. Um, it's It's a great topic is motivation. So we'll get to it. What is motivation and how does an athlete or his or her coach optimize it? Some think that whether an athlete is high or low in motivation, it's somewhat inherent in the athlete's personality, relatively unchangeable characteristic of, <coughs> excuse me, the person. Others believe coaches motivate athletes, perhaps in their pregame pep talks or in the techniques they use in practice to foster their athletes' focus and intensity. Now, with that, with that statement right there, absolutely, I agree. Um, It does say there is perhaps some truth in each of these perspectives. However, sport motivation is more complex and multifaceted with either, with either of them, either of them, sorry. Reflecting back my earlier years, I, you know, I think about my motivation. Where did it come from? Again, there are several different factors that, you know, for individually, not, it's never the same. Sports psychology will hardly ever be the same for the same person, for, you know, I'm sorry, for an athlete on the same team or whatever it is, (coughs) whether you're the same age, competing in the same sport, on the same team, have the same coach, whatever it is, every person is different. So where they gather their motivation from, the pep talks for me were not just pep talks pregame, they were postgame, constructive criticism pep talks, they were... Um, pep talks for practice. They were just pep talks, you know, occasional random talks, not even during practice, but hey, in at school. Um, hey, coach, how, how am I doing? What do you think I need to be working on? Where do you see me at? Um, you know, a lot of it. Oh, well, Cheryl, you know, you're, you're not making these times. You're, you're not eating right. You're not doing things right. I don't know where your head's at. Um, it can depress an athlete. It can make them sad. It can demotivate them. For me, a lot of it was constructive criticism was a pep talk for me to, hey, because I was already in the game for the love of the sport. I wasn't in it for the love of the trophy. I was in it for the love of the sport for sure. (laughs) And so I'm able to look at this and say, yeah, a lot of my motivation personally came from my coaches. Had it not been for my coaches growing up, my motivation would have not probably been there. I believe without a coach, how would you know? Now, somebody walking onto a team, an athlete that is young and has it and is never trained in their life and they're walking on and, you know, their parents say, I think my kid might have it. I think my kid might be a good cross country runner. Let's just see. All right. You can come out with us today, coach says, and we'll uh, see how well you do. Don't, Don't hurt yourself. Don't kill yourself. But run with the team and we'll see where you place and we'll go from there. You know, you get out there and you do wonderful. Well, now you're you're out there kicking butt and you're right there with like first, second, and third, right? Qualifying on a team. So you've got what it takes. But without that pep talk, without that motivation from the coach, where would that athlete be? Maybe not there, maybe there. It depends too on the coach and what kind of coach you have. So coaches are very different in the way they are and the way they coach. Some coaches stay away from those personal relationships. They don't really, you know, stretch too past their boundaries. Some coaches are very personal. Some coaches are so personal that they're texting you, calling you, making sure they're like a second parent. Parents have to understand that too. Coaches end up taking that form. You know, they have to understand every single minute of the day of that athlete in order to understand how they're going to perform, what kind of athlete you have. So the higher quality of a coach, I'm sorry to say, but yes, the higher quality of a coach, um, the higher educated coaches, the ones that are teaching, you know, coaching our professional athletes or elite or collegiate, whatever, the ones that are, you know, coaching athletes outside of high school, they're, you know, um, not attached to a school, but they have their own programs because they specialize in agility and specific performance enhancement. You're paying them a lot of money. Those coaches, 
are going to want to know everything. Those coaches are going to be pep talkers. They're going to talk your athlete into where they need to be. It might not always be a friendly talk, but it might be the talk that your athlete needs. Now, how that athlete takes it is a different scenario. That's a different story. So motivation for me, for myself, I don't speak for others, is yes, it comes from the coaches, the side of having a coach as well. It is not all 100% from though where my motivation stems personally are from various areas, but I do have a love for sport in general. So joining into sport, the competition is an excitement. Um, I always am striving to be the next and the best athlete that I can be in whatever sport it is that I'm doing. So if it's cheerleading, I want to be the best cheerleader that I am, you know, on the team. Am I the head cheerleader? Am I the captain? Am I, you know, a flyer, tumbler, whatever position it is. If I'm a track athlete, am I the best on the team? I want to be the best on the team because that's just my mental mindset. A lot of athletes don't have that mental mindset. And that's where a sports psychologist will definitely come in at all levels of sports psychology is huge, 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 huge. And so let me revert back to this a little bit. In the beginning of this book, it talks about the basically the grandfathers of sports psychology. Back in the 30s, it was practice, and they really don't have a connection, the sports psychologists at that time. They were studying various areas in their own specialty in sports psychology. So, you know, you would have one who might be studying with, you know, um, athletes at Cambridge, let's just say that university and, you know, they're studying, you know, football. Okay. Now we're, we're going to study the concussions. I'm just making this up. And then there's another, uh, you know, sports psychologist in the thirties and she's studying, this one's actually kind of true. She's studying the military, you know, the world war two, um, vets, uh, or soldiers. And, um, yeah, so there's different areas of study that they did, but they didn't really link them together. Therefore, it was kind of like a, it never continued on. So it was lost in translation, so to speak. Um, back in the 60s, it kind of came back. And then we started really linking the connections and really putting more focus and emphasis behind sports psychology and the importance that it, it plays in sport in general. So that's where a lot of our studies, and still to this day, there still aren't very, very many studies in sports psychology. A lot of theor- theoretically based, um, you know, personal um, theories that are placed out there and written about, but proven scientific backed research, there's not very much out there as of yet. It's still a fresher topic. That's why it's becoming more of a hot topic in the area of sport. And it's falling under that umbrella of professionals that we need in order for an athlete to to personally grow to their peak performance in sport. So we need the coach. We need a sports medicine team. And technically, the sports medicine team, the coach is on. You got your head physician, your team physician. You've got, you know... Um, your performance uh, trainers, you've got sports nutritionists, sports psychologists. Uh, you know, if you don't have a team uh, physician, you have just a sports medicine professional, um, somebody that works in there, understands the body. But yes, you have all these individuals that really are the umbrella, the major factors of that athlete in their overall performance. So you have somebody coaching them physically coaching them. You have a performance coach. That's the sports psychology department. They are mentally training them, psychologically training your athletes. Then you have the sports nutritionist, sports dietitian, depending on what level of sport you're at. You know, a lot of these, again, a lot of these higher professionals and specialties are not implemented in the younger years of, you know, school. So high school, and a lot of collegiate, they're not Im- implemented because they're, it is expensive and they haven't done done it yet. But um, <clears throat> or they're externally seeing them, you know, on outside practice, et cetera. So, yeah, those those professionals um, are all needed to to help an athlete reach peak performance. Um, you know, n- dietitian, nutritionist, they're going to work on structuring a proper meal plan for your athlete and making sure that they're um, receiving all their, you know, their vital nutrients and uh, making sure that they're performing well, that they're they're not, f- you know, falling behind, becoming, 
you know, too tired because they're eating too much McDonald's. I, I speak on myself again. This area, horrible for me because growing up, I didn't really focus. Although I do remember the coaches telling me, hey, Cheryl, you need to really focus on not eating that right now because it is not good. It's going to hinder your ability to perform. You know, at this track meet, I would eat sunflower seeds. I think I talked about this a couple podcasts ago. I don't know what it was, but I loved sunflower seeds. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what it was, but it was always when it was super hot outside, I would be out there on the track, on the field, laying out, tanning. What? I would be tanning. Yes, I would be tanning out there like a weirdo um, with everybody else, of course, that did it. Um, And laying out, waiting for my meet because I ran the distance ones. I did the four and the eight hundred, sorry, meter runs, but I also did the 16 and 3,200. So it was always the very last race of the day. So talk about, uh, anxiety, performance anxiety. I had it badly, badly because I knew I was good and I knew I was good (laughs) and I was good because I placed many times and, I had it so bad that I would just, I would build up the nerves, the nerves, the nerves all day long, just waiting for each, you know, each section, you know, each race to be done. But anyways, I would be out there laying, eating sunflower seeds in the sun, not hydrating either. So a sports nutritionist for me would have been a great thing to have. Sadly, I didn't have it. So I remember, you know, I, I was uh, a whole 90 pounds. I don't even know what I was really. I was very small. I was very thin, bony, tall, and that was that. I could run like the wind, but I could also fly away with the wind because I was just that small. So um, naturally I ate, I would eat McDonald's and you would not see it on me. And I'm not bragging. So please, for those of you who are like, she's bragging, you calm yourselves down because this isn't about bragging. It was the truth. I ate horribly and I didn't take care of myself properly. I didn't hydrate properly. And I do remember the coaches saying, you need to hydrate, get out of the sun, stop doing that, blah, blah, blah. But I didn't listen. Had I really had somebody that could put 100% of their time and focus in, that is a specialty, whooping my butt around and saying, get your ass out of that sun. You go and sit down and you wait. You go and prep your mind, you know, do some warm-ups, chill out, hydrate, you know, focus, like let's play out your run, you know, before your run happens. Instead, you know, coaches, they have to physically coach and they have other other athletes on the team. So that's what they're geared towards, right? They're not going to just focus on you individually. But anyways, these professionals, had I had these professionals um, when I was younger in sport, then I probably would have, I would have made leaps and bounds. I would have been amazing. I was a great athlete, but I just think of, had I had it all, I probably would have been you know, in a different position, maybe in sport. So, but I don't look back on it. I love that. I, I, I have grown from that and I love that I can now educate others and really push the concepts out there to the other coaches, whatever high school, college, elite professional, individually, you know, training for races, whatever it is. I love that I can educate others in the, these areas in sports science, because it is huge. It is very, very big, but anyways, yes. So motivation comes in different forms and, you know, coaches aren't necessarily the only way of motivation. Each person finds motivation through different outlets. Obviously it, you know, sports psychology, that's, that's a huge study. That's a, a huge focus is the different levels of motivation and how an athlete builds motivation. Are they in it for the love of the sport or are they in it because maybe at the time they like the reward? Are the trophies really in it? Is the money really what motivates a person, you know, to be successful in the NFL? I say that because it's a very high paid sport. Um, I don't know. Everybody's different, right? We're not all the same. Anyways, let's get to the next section. So reading from the same area, how do we decide if an athlete is motivated? Is good or poor performance the best or only indicator? In general, researchers suggest that motivation is feared from variability and the um, behavioral patterns. For example, John is a club tennis player, seeks 
at opponents who really challenge his game. Whether practicing or competing, John tries his hardest to get to every shot and to hit it well, even when down love 40 in a game or behind 1-5 in a set. John maximizes the tennis talent that he has. When an athlete such as John tries hard, seeks out challenge, persists in the face of adversity, and performs up to the ability level of on a reasonably consistent basis, we typically conclude that this person is highly motivated. In contrast, if John were to hold back in training or a match and not give his best effort, prefer to play opponents or work on drills that are too easy or way beyond his capabilities, regularly experience performance impairment or fail to live up to his potential and um, contemplate dropping out of actually quitting tennis, we infer that the motivational problems are bound. Now, I say that I have, gosh, I have seen that in a lot of athletes. Um, and I say that as, as the athlete, as the once athlete in all the sports that I played in, I saw that. Um, so I, I love that I was the athlete and, you know, got, you know, all my education behind sports science, because really I am able to not only identify, but relate, you know, in, in, in various ways like this, like this example with John and John, maybe not being that John that we just heard about the first section of it being good, um, his behavioral patterns, he loved the sport. He gave everything that he had, regardless of the adversity, regardless of the outcome. He still gave it a hundred percent, if not more. Versus somebody who, you know, the coaches say, hey, "You need you're you're falling behind in this area." Again, maybe the constructive criticism that a lot of athletes they think that that they can handle, but they can't handle. So who are you? If you are the athlete, I would love to hear it. What kind of athlete are you? Are you the athlete that will give 100% and why? Why do you give 100%? What motivates you to continue even if you fail every single time? You lose a game every single time. You lose a meet every single time, whether it's an individual sport or a team sport. Again, this obviously plays differently um, for individual sports and team sports. Um, again, athletes are all different, regardless if you have the same coach, same nutritionist, same if you're in the same age group, same sport, same school, same whatever doesn't mean that you're going to work the same way. Just because one thing works for another athlete doesn't mean it's going to be for you. So you got to keep that in mind for those people that are athletes, you know, listening to this podcast, but it is different for everybody. But what athlete are you? Are you a motivated athlete that is going to always give 100% regardless of what the outcome is? And are you the athlete that's going to take that construct constructive criticism and really turn it into something great? You know, make yourself that, you know, reach peak performance regardless of where you're at. You might be at the, the bottom of the toll, you know, you might be at the very end of the line, you know, of athletes on your team, you might not even be in the eye of what you think. You might not be in the eye of the coach. Coach might not even know who your name is. That's how you feel. You feel that you are just falling so far behind that he wouldn't, he or she wouldn't even know if you came to practice, right? But what motivates you? My question to those athletes that come onto this podcast are, why did you join the sport in the first place? Why did you get into sports? Whether it's track, basketball, cheerleading, cross country, football, baseball, whatever the sport is. Sorry for the other many, many sports that I didn't list off. Why did you join? Why did you join? Were, was it your parents saw something in you? Was it a coach saw something in you? Was it you saw something in you? And you joined that sport because you watched it so much or you saw it after school and you thought, I can do that. I've got that. What motivated you to join sport in the first place? What is keeping you there? Are you going to be John that might lose a match but keep going? Keep in mind everything the coaches have physically been working on with him. 
Keep in mind, psychologically, all the stuff that the sports psychologist has been working on with them. Are you going to make sure that your sports nutritionist is going to hit a home run with you and you're going to eat the way they want to, even though your friends are out there saying, hey, let's go eat this. Let's go drink tonight. Are you going to be that athlete? Are you going to be John, the good John? (laughs) Are you going to be the John that says, I'm quitting? And why? Why? Why are you quitting? So there's several there's several areas of motivation and several several you know things that motivate us, right? In whether you're an athlete or a non-athlete, whether you're a coach or a parent or somebody just that has no idea and that's like, "Hey, I like this. I like sports, but I don't have any area in it at all." It's still good practice, it's still good mental mindset to have in general. Why do you go to work? What keeps you motivated at a job that you're not um, you're not really moving up? you know you're not being promoted. What keeps you going? is it is it the paycheck? For most people, it's the paycheck because we have to we have to live. We have to bring home a paycheck. So is that your motivation? At the end of the day, what is your fire to get up every morning? to get out of the house, to go to a job that you like sometimes, but most of the time you can't stand and you sit there and ponder on other ideas. Why aren't you motivated to hit those other ideas? Are you too scared to take a leap? A lot of athletes are too scared. They are driven in their area. They, they've hit their peak performance in their head. So that's where a sports psychologist can come in and really say, uh-uh, You've only given it 50 where you think you've given it 100. Now you've got to hit that other 50% that is still there. That's open space. You haven't even touched. I see it in you. You don't see it in you. And that's where we've psychologically got to get you to see it in you. Same with a non-athlete. Where is it in you to get outside of that job that you don't like to be motivated to bring home that paycheck, to pay your bills, to pay your family, whatever it is, to live that lifestyle you want, but to be motivated every day and really get out there and do something that you love, right? So this can really go both ways. You can work on this whether you're an athlete or not. If you're in in fitness, what motivates you? You know, you don't have a personal trainer. You don't want to spend $100 for an hour of personal training. Somebody just standing there saying squat. Now let's get on through, you know, our third cycle, (laughs) whatever. I was a personal trainer for a long, long time in my early twenties, but you know, you don't have a personal trainer. You are hitting the gym with no education. The education that you think you have is social media education. That is your education. I saw Sally down the street on social media doing this fitness program and it worked for her. So I'm going to do it. Hey, if that's your motivation, go get it, right? But what keeps you motivated? So when you mentally fall short and go out with your friends or go on a vacation and you start eating bad, you drink too much, you know, for a week because you're on vacation mode and then you can't psychologically get yourself back on that fitness mode, back to work mode, You can't jump back on that train. So what do you do? You're John, the second John. I'm going to say first John, good John, second John, bad John. You fall off that train. That is a normal, it's the vicious life cycle. And we say it's a yo-yo cycle. (laughs) My husband calls the yo-yo, which a lot of people do in terms. They do say that, but it is a yo-yo. It's a yo-yo life cycle. You are in fitness. You are out of fitness. You are in nutrition. You are out of nutrition. That is your mental mindset is always up and down, up and down. So what motivates you? What keeps you going? So for a sports psychologist, that is their their main focus is how to hit people at all angles, not literally physically hit, but how to hit them with the proper training, implementing proper, you know, structured techniques to study and how to keep them from falling back into that low cycle that I want to quit the second John cycle. <laughs> now I sound like I'm reading off a, a Bible verse. John chapter two section. Yeah, no, 
It's the second John cycle of quitting. I want to quit all around because I just can't do this. I can't hang. I can't take the constructive criticism. You know, sport is fun when you win a medal. Sport is fun when you receive money. Sport is fun when the fame is on you, all the attention is on you. But if you're in second place and all of a sudden everybody's loving the first place winner, I'm going to quit because I didn't make it. It's a horrible attitude to have for one. I don't stand for it. But we all are there. We all are always there. Because again, we all live in a yo-yo life. It's how to get yourself back up. So sports psychologists really work on that. Coaches are a huge factor in that. Depending on what kind of coach you have, you know, every coach is very, very different. Some coaches like to get in your personal space. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I've always had coaches that were much in my personal space because they, to me, were like parents. I opened that door for them to be. They were great people. All my coaches growing up were great coaches. They all played different roles. They all were different coaches in different sports, but they all were wonderful and really, really close to my heart. Um, so talking about uh, motivation, I go into the reinforcement and strength uh, motivation. It's a positive approach to coach, coaching effectiveness and performance enhancement. It's in a different chapter of the book, but it kind of, it talks about, you know, the similarities, obviously, in motivation. Motivation theorists make an important distinction between intrinsic motivation and extrinsic motivation. When people are motivated to perform an activity for its own sake, for the love of the game, technically, they're intrinsically motivated when they perform the activity only to obtain some external reward. They are extrinsically um, motivated. Um, can positive reinforcements like trophies and monies undermine intrinsic motivation? Under some circumstances, yes. If uh, external rewards are suddenly introduced for performance of a behavior that is intrinsically rewarding, a person may come to attribute his or her performance to um, to the extrinsic reward and cease performing the behavior of the external reward is withdrawn. Most of us would like athletes to be intrinsically motivated to participate in athletes, athletics. I'm sorry. It is possible that positive approach with it is emphasis on reinforcement from the coach could undermine their love of the game for its own sake. That's a question. Not sure. Um, so again, kind of uh, reflecting back on what I was just saying, is it the love of the game extrinsic or is it in intrinsically motivated inter? I'm sorry. <coughs> excuse me, um, my throat's dry <laughs> talking, but yes. Um, so, you know, is it you're being rewarded something or do you really have a love for the game and what you do? Um, there's so much to be said about motivation and where it comes from. It's a huge area of study. And again, there's so much that, um, that involves, you know, the entire, you know, motivation in, in itself and as a whole. Um, so, you know, they talk about the different types of the cycles, um, this is something that I go into with uh, the 365-day calendar that will be out soon. Um, it's going to be edited here in the week, this next week. So I'm excited to get that out because, again, it's going to be focused on um, the athlete and on athlete, mainly people that are into fitness, um, that are excited about you know just living a healthier lifestyle. They don't have coaches they don't have nutritionists. They don't have a, you know, a, um, a physician telling them yes or no. They don't have a trainer. They're just people saying, Hey, I want to live a healthier lifestyle. I want to, you know, work out after I get off work or work out at lunchtime, whatever it is that you do. I just want to be healthier, you know? So this calendar is going to be structured for that, but it talks about the, uh, cognitive associative and autonomous states, uh, state of stages of learning, and uh, obviously de defining the characteristics, if you will, in each of those states of stages of learning. But sports psychology in a whole, you know, they they go into all of this. And I absolutely love it because it is so it's so beneficial for so many reasons. And in sports psychology, you can specialize in what you you know, what you're going to be what your main focus is. So you can offer a variety of, you know, techniques and services to your athletes or non-athletes. And you can also work on just specializing in one area. For myself, being, you know, a mental mindset coach in sports psychology, it 
is the mental mindset at that. So it can fall anywhere in the mental mindset because sports psychology is what? It's all in the mind, right? Psychology is the psychological. So um, that being said, you know, I do love neuro. I talk about it a lot, that I absolutely love it. Um, I've thought about going into um, being a neuro... neurological scientist, if you will, um, you know, studying more in depth why we do what we do, why our brain works the way it does, what triggers different areas, you know, the cognitive behavioral states, how do we get there? Um, sports psychologists, that's, that's what you study, you know, other than learning to apply and to, um, you know, work with athletes, how do we get there? How do we trigger that 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 area, that section in our brain to work? How do we release more endorphins? And why are those endorphins being released versus a man and a woman? What makes it different? Um, you know, rewards for, um, you know, an athlete. Re- what's rewarding? You know, winning, losing, money, <laughs> Um, what is it? So anyways, I love, I love the mental mindset. And obviously that being my study, uh, you know, what motivates you motivation, mental mindset and motivation. Um, that's huge because again, there's so many things that can be, and we're all on our ups and downs. We all, you know, I know for myself, speaking for myself, this is, you know, huge because we all live that yo-yo life and we are constantly up then we're down. So for me, if I end up listening, I'm very structured around music. When, you know, I did most of my artwork when I was in my early 20s. I've been an artist for a long time. I took four years of art in high school, Dr. Pretty. Um, absolutely loved it. It was kind of one of those hidden nerdy talents, if you will, and I loved it so much, and I wouldn't let it go. So I would be in art class with my cheerleading uniform on, having to pep for you know, football, the football game that night, or I had a track meet that, that the following day, Saturday, you know, but I would be in art class and I loved it. Um, but what motivated me in my arts were, was, and still is music. I'm very musically driven. So (coughs) I like to listen to different, different musics, (laughs) different musics, different genres, if you will. And, and it, it motivates me. So if I'm in the car jamming out to rock or if I'm, and I, you know, I'm so 2000 cause that's when I graduated. I'm so old. Um, you know, so if I, if I, if I'm jamming out to rock or oldies, let's say that the eighties, which I love the, the big hair bands, you know, or if I'm like listening to hip hop or, you know, music today, music of the today, music of the now. I can picture that on MTV. Sorry. I'm having flashbacks. <laughs> um, Carson Daly. Hello. Yes. If I, uh, you know, if I'm sitting there listening to that, in my car, that might be all I needed. And I didn't even know that I was ready to work out. If it's blue skies, perfect weather, and I've got my jams going in my car, regardless of who's in my car, my kids are in the car, I'll turn it up. And if I'm feeling in the mood and my mind is there, that's what I like to study is how did I just all of a sudden flip from like, I'm going grocery shopping to I've got to hurry home and get my shoes on and keep the song going because I am so motivated right now. So a lot of people are motivated in that sense. You know, for myself right now, I say it's okay um, because I always will because it's my area of study too, my area of practice in which I educate, I know in my heart that I will always be an athlete to some extent. So I will always keep on myself regardless. If I feel I'm falling short of my sports nutrition and I need to eat healthier than I do, I work on other people's logs and I help consult um, help consult them or, you know, send them out to a sports dietitian. That's what I do. But in my head, when I'm working on this and I know, man, I really need to be doing that. I need to be putting that coffee. <laughs> I'll say, I need to be putting that coffee creamer down and be picking up that green smoothie made from home, by the way, not bought anywhere else. Yes, I need to do that. So that's kind of my motivation is because I practice it and I preach it. That's what I do. I educate it. So for me, that's an easier say, but whereas for somebody else that's not really driven in that area, what motivates you? How do you find that kick in the butt when you need it? You know, 
I'm, I know that I need to put this down. I know that I need to not drink or go out with my girlfriends or, or guys and have that late Saturday, Friday and Saturday night every single weekend of the month. Instead, maybe I should just go and relax, you know, go and just hang out on my own, be by myself mentally, go for a run, go home and read a book, eat a good meal, get some decent sleep and go to work Monday through Friday, you know, and occasionally reward myself. Like what is your motivation to that? So your mental mindset in life for the non-athlete and the athlete, that is what we structure around. Sports psychology is such a great field. I absolutely, absolutely love it. And I feel that is one, one of the most important areas now in sport for sure. It is, I say now, because again, as I mentioned, you know, it being studied earlier on, I think sports psychology in most areas have been around forever. We just are now realizing the importance that it plays and what what we can do as sports psychologists, sports psychology consultants, sports psychology coaches, whatever you want to call it, um, mental mindset coaches, what we can do to really motivate and implement, you know, these strategies and techniques because they are being so, so much more of interest and studied now. Whereas, you know, in the past, there aren't many, many studies. You know, I do feel that it is one of the biggest areas though, because, you know, an athlete, again, an athlete can work out and be an amazing athlete. They can eat right, but their mental mental mindset might not be there. Why? Because they might be suffering. So if you're an athlete and you're at home and you're suffering from your parents going through a divorce or fighting all the time, or um, your parents are so busy, maybe they're surgeons. <laughs> I'd say that at the the highest spectrum, but maybe they're doctors and they're not there. Maybe they're business people and they're traveling constantly and you're home by yourself and your child, your mental mindset, you might be performing amazingly, but your mental mindset might not always be there. So you might suffer from some serious depression. You might not even realize it, but your coach might say, man, last week you were performing amazing. This week you're down. Well, coach, you know, my parents, yeah, they're they're not here this week, and I don't know. Well, what did you eat this week? Well, you know, I had to pull whatever I did, so I ate McDonald's and Taco Bell. But last week, my parents were home, and we had a good, healthy meal. You know, so there's different things for everybody. Every life story is so different, and the way we perceive it is so different. So sports psychology really is a great tool that is implemented in sport and to work on our athletes and their ability to hit that peak performance. It's, it's a great area. So that is an area of study. Obviously, if you're an athlete and you feel that you might need some consulting, you know, some coaching, some, a kick in the butt, <laughs> cause I'm, I'm a strong woman. I, I can definitely um, guide you that way. And I also have amazing referrals. So if you're on coast to coast, I can always find somebody to refer you out to. If you um, you know, are in an area that I am not familiar with, I can also do research and, and find out. But, you know, sports nutrition, huge, because you can physically be, you know, handling the load and being amazing athletes. You can pre- be performing out on the track or on the dirt, running cross country or on the football field, you know, you could be hitting those touchdowns, but you might be drained. You might be passing out. You might not really have the, the, the energy that's needed. Why? Because you don't have a sports nutritionist, somebody that's really guiding you in the direction because of how much you're, you're performing, how much working out you're doing daily. Your motivation might not be there. You might have amazing, you know, eating plan and coaching, but you might not be there because you don't have a sports psychologist or somebody consulting you and helping you. I will have to say this really quick before I get off. A lot of people, a lot of athletes, whether it's younger athletes or older athletes, um, you know, professional athletes at that feel they, when somebody says you might want to reach out to a sports psychologist, or, you know, I should refer you out to a sports psychologist. First thing they think when they hear psychologist is therapy, right? So a lot of people in marriages will say the same thing. Oh, well, I really would say that you probably need to see a psychologist, get some therapy in. Therapy is not a bad thing. So first and foremost, let me tell you, younger athletes and and those that don't understand what therapy or psychology really is, it is not a chew out session. It is not you suck at life session. Okay. 
Sports psychology is helping you to be the best athlete that you can and break through those mental barriers. That is a sports psychologist's job. That is what a sports psychologist is going to work with you on. Not sitting here and telling you how horrible of an athlete you are and that you're never going to hit that touchdown. You're never going to make it to state. You're never going to make it to an NFL team. You're just just not. That's not what it's about. So don't feel don't <clears throat> don't feel threatened when you hear sports psychology, because that is not what it is. It's not a sit down, I'm going to slap you on the hand kind of session at all. All right. So it's none of that. It is nothing like, you know, marriage counseling or counseling in general. You are a troubled person. You have a horrible mental mindset. No. So sports psychology is nothing to do with that. Now, sports psychologists might tell you, yeah, they might give you that constructive criticism, but doesn't a coach give that to you? And if your coach doesn't give that to you, maybe you should be reconsidering because coaches are not your best friends. Coaches are there to make you the best you that you can be physically. They're out there whooping your butt around. It doesn't matter. They're not there to be your best friend. They're there to get you that gold. They're there to get you to first place, but they can't always get you there if your mental mindset isn't on, right? It's not on point. They can't get you there all the time. You're not eating right. They can't get you there all the time. We're going to refer you to a sports psychologist. Oh, yeah, coach, I don't know. I'm, I'm fine. What are you saying? I'm messed up in the head? No. They're going to help you perform better. They're going to set you through drills mentally, cognitively. They're going to reach those different stages. They're going to work with you, implementing these different techniques. That way you can get out there before your 400-meter race and visualize yourself performing that race without even visualizing it. You know what I'm saying? So sports psychology is not an an area that you should be scared of. You should not be intimidated when somebody says you should be referred to a sports psychologist or a mental mindset coach. If any of that therapy scares you, reach out to me because it doesn't. It shouldn't and that's not what it's about. Therapy in general should not scare anybody, but a lot of people, you know, we're ignorant to that. When we hear that people reach out to a psychologist or somebody, they think, oh man, you must be messed up in the head, right? You must have some serious issues at home. So enough of that. If you have questions or any concerns or feel that you need to reach out to me for a free consultant, I would absolutely love to hear from you. Um, I'm, I love to refer all athletes out in general, anybody. It doesn't matter if you're a coach that I work with or not, or an athlete that I know of or not. If you're just an athlete that jumped on my podcast and like, I should give that a try. I guarantee you will benefit from it. I guarantee you a hundred percent. You will benefit from you. I'm not going to say you're going to benefit a hundred percent. You're going to be all of a sudden, you know, in the Olympics. So don't quote me on that. But I'm going to guarantee you that you're going to see a better outcome in your performance when working with somebody. Absolutely. And it'll, it'll, you know, um, shed some light in your arena to, you know, in your, your area of knowledge too. And like, wow, I didn't ever think of doing that. That's why I say it's, it's so rewarding to be that athlete, to once have been that athlete, you know, at such a young age. And I was able to see it from 11 years young all the way to my 20s being an athlete. And then I still competed after that all the way to my 30s, my younger 30s. You know, I'm not that old. But yes, I did. I've competed all my my entire life in mostly running. But obviously, you know, from 11 to 18, I did four sports. And so being able to see my growth patterns, I know for myself what worked. And I also saw a lot of what I study now in my undergraduate degree to my master's degree and so forth. I've, I'm able to identify those athletes because I was once that athlete or in different, you know, in different stages of growth in sport. I was that athlete in different sectors. And then I was with those athletes. I was teams, you know, a teammate of those athletes, the ones that were amazing athletes and just went straight downhill and then quit. And I was shocked and I didn't understand why. Now I get it standing on the outside and able to tie all those pieces together. It's really rewarding. And I hope that if anything given out of this, I hope that, you know, this podcast will reach to those um, individuals, whether you are a young athlete in high school or whether you are a collegiate athlete, you know, competing in, 
you know, during your bachelor's study um, and you want to go professional or you just want to end, you know, end your sport at that point. Um, or you're a professional elite or professional athlete, somebody that's like, I'm too good to go get help. Well, you know, maybe I should get help because I can still change. And sports psychology works with all levels of sports. So even if you didn't have sports psychology uh, consulting when you were younger, a younger athlete doesn't mean that you won't see benefits from it because you're, you know, hitting your peak, you know, in as a professional athlete doesn't mean that at all. Things can change very, very quickly. So I hope that we can reach out to you and really, you know, um, help you understand the importance of what it is and finding that motivation and finding it the right way and how to hold on to that motivation instead of going through the yo-yo diet that we do in life and constantly going up and down. So if you have any questions, that's what we are here for. Gravitational Performance, um, head over to our website, gravitationalperformance.org. And our, our chat is always open Monday through Friday. And I cannot believe the song that just came on. <laughs> I'm dying over here. If you guys, I'm on, I have a Spotify playing and it's, um, my oldies playlist. You can go under desert vintage and, uh, yeah. So if you head up the oldies section, there's a lot of fun oldies that are oldies to me. Um, and I won't name the song that was just playing, but it was funny. Anyways, what was I saying? Yes. Head over to the website. Uh, our online chat hours are Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Oftentimes you'll see the chat box open on the weekends or after hours. If you're on the West Coast, you'll see it open later. Sometimes that's because we're on online working, you know, implementing new stuff or working on whatever it is, or maybe working with other people in nutrition logs, et cetera. So we do that. We You can go to um, a few websites of the professional contacts, gravitational performance um, is listed under some of those grav- uh, those professional contacts for the coaches listed. Um, we are, you know, with their athletes as well. And two, hey, if you're an athlete and you're like, well, I don't know how much this costs. It's going to cost a ton of money. Just reach out to me and we could do a free session. Let's just talk. You know, if you just need somebody to talk to, I'm not going to charge you. I'm not going to say whip out your credit card and here you go because I really do care that you're getting what you need and where you, what exactly is it that you're needing. So I don't believe that somebody that practices what, whatever, how many ever degrees you have and however, you know, how professional you are, if you will, um, would ever turn an athlete down regardless and say, oh, I'm going to charge you now. You know, that's not what we're about. We're an organization that helps in the sports sciences and referring out is what we do as well as working with our athletes on our own. That's what we do too. So um, we structure plans. If you need help with uh, meal plans that you already have or you need motivation behind whatever it is that you're doing or you need to be told what it is that you need to be do, we can help you out with it, or we can refer you out to nutrition or dietitian. Um, whether it's sports psychology, you really need a sports psychologist, then we can help you with that as well. Um, again, we have mental mindset, uh, 365 day calendar coming out, um, shortly, and that's going to help everybody. We're excited about that. I'll go more into detail in the next week or so. But yes, reach out to us, please, 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 please reach out to us. Um, and if you would like to collaborate with us in the future for doing podcasts and, you know, you're among the sports sciences, uh, sports studies, if you will, and it doesn't matter whatever it is in sport, reach out to us. We'd love to collaborate with you. And, you know, if you feel that you have um, you have a podcast in your head that you think that would reach, you know, reach a good percentage of people and educate people in your area of practice, we can definitely do it. You know, we, we are very open to others in the community of sport and helping out any way we can because sport is supposed to be fun and that's what it's about and bringing that competition in, but keeping it healthy, a healthy competition. And even if it's not sport and it's just a fitness related or I'm a mom and I work out because I am a mom and I do work out and that's what life is then reach out to us too. Don't feel threatened and don't feel, oh, you know, therapy. Oh, she's going to tell me I'm horrible. That's not what it is. So we're very direct. We know what we're talking about. It's all researched and, you know, science, scientifically proven and backed. 
<clears throat> so all of our information online. You can go to our educational articles and study up on there. There's a lot of nutrition topics, a lot of, um, you know, I think one of my favorites is uh, nutritional quackery that we talk about because that's so common these days in social media. A lot of people that are completely misguided, misled, um, a lot of factual information, but a lot of um, again, a lot of information that is left out and social media only allows so much. And I say social media like Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram, YouTube, et cetera. A lot of people can't really push all the information needed out there. So they throw bits and pieces and they throw photos out there and then people think that's the way to go. And it's not really always the way to go. Um, a lot of research isn't proven specific things and, and hypes, trends, if you will, in nutrition. So a lot of that, you know, might really not be the best result for you, end result. So we, we work with all of it. Again, so if you want to reach out 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, um, if we are not online, then shoot us an email, gravitationalperformance at gmail.com. And thank you so much for tuning in. If you want to be a subscriber, subscribe. We don't send you a ton of junk mail like most people do, um, but we do actually send you cool stuff in the mail. So those people that signed up the last two weeks, um, I did offer with gravitational performance to offer, um, a free magazine layout. Those are being sent out tomorrow. So yay, keep, keep a lookout for that. And I'm sorry, it is a little late for those of you that have been waiting, but it is a free magazine and it's a website layout. So again, we send out flyers on, you know, what we're looking at. And if you're an athlete, you know, we'll help you in this area or maybe we'll be holding conferences soon via online. If you want to check in, with our classrooms, et cetera. So we're, we're doing a lot on the website. We're really excited about it. But if you're an athlete and you just want to subscribe, shoot me an email and subs- hit that subscribe button right at the very beginning. I believe it's on the podcast and on the podcast um, link on the website. And then also when you go to gravitationalperformance.org, you can subscribe right there. And so it's super easy, super cool. You'll be educated and ready to go. (laughs) Anyways, enough of that. I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week and a happy, happy evening to you. Happy Monday evening. (laughs) All right, stay warm. Drink more coffee. Bye.